0: You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jacob Lukowitz, online and social media editor at SD Times. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the rise in data streaming and how your organization can handle it. With me today is Michael Dragalis, the principal technologist at Confluent, a company that provides a complete set of tools needed to connect and process data streams. Welcome to the show, Michael, and thanks for coming on thanks for having me great so to get started can you set the context for how much data streaming is growing today and how important is it that developers pay more attention to it
1: yeah i um i remember back in like 2013 or 2014 um, i attended uh, the strange loop conference which is really great and i was walking around and i saw there was this um you know talk on the main stage by jay Krebs, who's now confluent ceo and it was it was about apache kafka um and i attended it was, it was really interesting and i i walked away with um you know, two things on my mind, you know, number one, this guy's super tall. It was the first time i met him in person. He's like 6'8", This is very impressionable. Mm. Um, and then the other was that, you know, there's at least two people in the world who care about streaming, which was basically the, the vibe back then. It was this, like, very new technology. There was a lot of academic papers about it. There were clearly patches of, of interest in the technology landscape that could be put together, but none of it had really broken out. Um, I think the other project at the time going on was Apache Storm, which was a real-time stream processor but it, it kind of just lacked the components around it. And so there, there was like a set of people, it was a small community. Um, and then fast forward to today, and it, it's just a completely different world. I have the privilege of working here and seeing companies you know, every size, every vertical, every industry, every use case, every latency requirement. And the the transition is kind of just like shocking to me. You don't see a lot of technologies break out that quick over the course of a decade. Um, I saw a few stats that were interesting this year. Um, the in the Apache Foundation, Kafka is one of the most active projects, which is pretty cool because the Apache Foundation now has a huge number of projects that it incubates. And I also saw in the um you know the Stack Overflow annual developer survey. I, I can't remember the exact title, but Kafka was ranked as like one of the most loved or one of the most recognizable technologies. And, and so to see it kind of um yeah, break out from sort of being an undercurrent into something that's really, really important and on people's minds is, is pretty great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's interesting how data stream has uh, the open source origins with uh, with the Kafka.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that contributes to a lot of its success. You, you get such a large pool of people together with a diverse background and you, you really come up with something great through it.
0: Yeah. Um, so what what are some of the challenges of handling data streaming today?
1: It's kind of like um, driving on the opposite side of the road that you're used to. You know, you, mm-hmm. you go to school and, and you're taught to program maybe like Java or Python. And so the, the basic paradigm everyone is taught is you have a blob of data, maybe in a data structure or in a file, and you you suck it up and then you process it and then you spit it out somewhere. And, and you do this over and over again until you perform your data processing task or you do whatever needs to be done. Um, and streaming really turns this all on its head. It's, you know, you, you have this inversion of, flow, you have, instead of bounded data structures, you have unbounded data structures. The data continuously comes in, you must constantly process the very next thing that shows up, you really can't arbitrarily scan into the future because you don't really know what's coming. Events may be arriving out of order. You you don't know if you have the complete picture yet. Everything is effectively asynchronous by default. And um, it it takes some getting used to. It, It It is becoming an increasingly robust paradigm. It Itself falls around the topic of stream processing, um, but it, it certainly is a, a big change to get your head around. I, I kind of liken it to like you know Node.js when people were starting to adopt that you know a yeah. while ago. It was like a lot, it's a JavaScript on the server and it's, it's async, um, and so it, it definitely takes a little bit of getting used to. But the you know the the power is it worth it?
0: Interesting. Yeah. So what are some of the uh, the best practices and most common skills that are needed to deal with this this form of processing? Other than knowing how to drive on both sides of the road, as you put it, in your analogy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of it kind of comes down to experience. I mean, this is this is sort of a, a newer technology um, that's kind of evolved somewhat recently. So, you know, there's it, a lot of it is kind of just getting getting your hands dirty, going out and figuring, you know, how does it work? What, what works best? You know, I'd say um, as far as best, best practices, I think a couple of things <laughs> jump out to me. Uh, number one is getting your head around the idea of data retention. You know, when you work with batch-oriented systems, the uh, idea is to generally just kind of keep all your data forever, which which can work. You may have some expiry policy that sort of works in the background where you you mop up data that you don't need at some point. Uh, but these streaming systems have this idea of retention built into them, where you you age out old data um, and you make this trade-off between what what do I keep versus what do I throw away, and and what you keep is uh, kind of the boundary of what you're you're able to process, and then. I'd say the second thing that's worth setting up on, and, and um, again, being kind of intentional about in your designs is the idea of time. Um, with streaming, your your data can kind of come in out of order. I think a classic example of this is maybe you're collecting events that are coming off of cell phones, and, and maybe somebody takes a cell phone and they drive into the Amazon rainforest and they have no connectivity. And then they, they come out and they reconnect, and then they upload data from the last week. The systems that you design have to be able to be intelligent enough to kind of look at it and say this this data didn't actually just happen; it's from like a week ago. Um, there, there's power and there's complexity in that. The power is obviously that you can you can really retroactively update your view of the world, and you can take all kinds of special actions depending on whatever you want to do with your domain. But the complexity mm-hmm. is that you you have to figure out how to deal with that and and you know factor that into your your programming model.
0: I see. So uh, a lot of the companies that are coming to you, are you seeing that they're actively phasing out old data and organizing what they need?
1: Uh, rephrase that for me.
0: Uh, sure. So uh, some of the things that you mentioned, like one of the best ways to to handle a lot of this data streaming is to, you know, phase out the data that they don't need anymore and to organize what they have. Right. Are you seeing that a lot of companies are effectively doing that now? or are they still pretty overwhelmed with the amount that they have to handle?
1: Yeah, we kind of see a mix across the board. I mean, I I personally see a lot of new use cases being launched onto streaming where people will kind of um, use an opportunity to sort of update the the old batch system and to rethink things. Mm -hmm. I've seen people use a range of retention policies that go all the way from, you know, as low as a day where you have this very short-term value value data that you need to process and do something with, um, all the way to companies that are, are keeping data indefinitely um, Kafka has a a feature called tiered storage that allows you to actually keep the data around indefinitely by by syncing it to systems like S3 where it's very cost efficient, um, and that actually enables all kinds of new use cases where if if it makes sense for your domain, you can kind of time travel and go back and see you know what what is the order of everything that has happened and and kind of look at the ledger of um, you know events that take place for your company.
0: Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And how do um... Like the pro- programming paradigms for traditional data databases compared to what's needed for da- data streaming?
1: Yeah, it, it's kind of flipped on its head. So if you picture with the database, um, you'll have sort of what I call like passive data. You'll have a table, which is kind of just a container. You you put some rows in there and they'll sit there and they won't do anything. And you'll have that passive data match up with an active query. So you will issue a query and say, I'd like to select some rows out of that. So the query is actually driving the interaction and that query can do whatever. You can take some rows out, you can put them in a different table, you can bring them back to your application, You know, really mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. With streaming, it's actually just flipped. Uh, instead of having passive data, you have active data. These streams are kind of the driving force behind what is going on in your system. And the queries actually are, are generally thought of as kind of like passive daemons. They, they sit there, they run persistently and perpetually and they, they update things. And so that that often is something that's a little funny to people when they look at, you know, maybe a SQL query written in a stream processing language. They're like, oh, when, when does it come back? And the answer is actually, it, it doesn't come back. You you push data through it like a like a pipe mm-hmm. and it, it will actually go and perform things out in the, the real world.
0: Okay, cool. And uh, what can developers do today to stay ahead of the learning required for dealing with data streaming?
1: Yeah, one of the things that I work on at Confluent is something called Confluent Developer, which is a website, um, developer.confluent.io. And we really try to collate everything that's going on in the streaming landscape. Um, something that we noticed is that there's just a lot of activity here. There wasn't really a single place where people can go and get up to speed on you know, everything from the basics, like what, what the heck is streaming to um, maybe more advanced things, like how do I govern my data or how do I secure the boundary around my entire system? Topics that are a little bit more complicated than something you really only encounter as you get closer to production. Uh, and so, yeah, we work pretty hard on that, but you know, other things, I certainly, um, my background is in functional programming. All of my, uh, my my love of that area is really built up through conferences. Um, Kafka Summit is is a really big conference for streaming. Um, Confluent also has a conference called Current, which is a bit wider of a, a scope. Both of those are quite interesting. The, the variety of people that come together is really great. Um, I'd also say, uh, for, for better or worse, Twitter continues to be the... Uh, you know the the most active place for developers there, there's a lot of discussion about streaming and, and Apache Kafka on Twitter. Um, many of the committers are on there and I I always uh, enjoy following the development and the thoughts uh, that go into the, the designs of these things because you have a bit more of the history you know you know why things were done the way that they were. you learn as people build these systems, which gives you yeah a, a little bit more intelligence as you go. So yeah all, all those places have proven really fruitful
0: yeah. I mean, with all the things that are happening with switches at Twitter, I hope it still is going to be a, a steady stream of of information on that. Yeah, we need, we need
1: somewhere to gather, that's for sure. No matter where it is, so we'll right, find right. a way back to each other.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, uh, and so one of my last questions is, um, are there any changes that you're seeing will affect the future of data streaming? What are you seeing for the future?
1: I think what I'm seeing is... Um, you know, that uh, initial promise of streaming becoming more stable, more reliable, I, I think this is kind of the arc you see with any technology where someone has a great idea. It sounds very good. A few people succeed through a lot of effort, and then you kind of have this follow on effect where more companies or more people or more teams try to replicate that. And, and you see there's, there's challenges here and there, impracticalities, new, new problems you didn't see. And then you spend a long time hardening that and making it robust. And I think the thing that's particularly taking place for streaming is um, everything's being designed for the cloud and going cloud native. There's there's a long arc to this. You, you generally have to rethink how these systems work. They're, they're built for a different environment. They have a different set of constraints. Um, and so, I, yeah, what I'm really seeing is, I think, the maturation of, of this whole area and becoming something that can be run at production scale reliably for mission critical use cases for increasingly diverse workloads. Um, and and that's great because the idea is one thing, but being able to just get it as a cloud service for cheap is actually even more important.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. So thank you so much for your insight. Is there anything else as a key takeaway for our listeners regarding data streaming?
1: I would say study up on it. I mean, it's it's been really influential in my career. I've worked with a lot of different companies who use it. it it's surprising how often it, it is the right tool for the job. Um, like I said, you, you go to school and you kind of look at the world through one way where you just process Data a blob at a time, but it turns out streaming is actually, it more naturally mirrors the real world. I mean, life, life doesn't happen in batch mode. It actually happens in in real time. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a bit like electric cars, I might say, where, you know, a a bit ago, they were somewhat scarce. They were really expensive. Not a lot of people had it. And now you see it's actually, it's more common. They're, they're cheaper, more common. The the battery life is better. There's more distributors. And Mm so, um, it's definitely a world to, to dip your toe into.
0: Great. Well, it looks like that's all the time we have for today's show. And I want to thank you again, Michael, for coming on. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. Till next time, this has been What the Dev.